This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, early prezzy anyone? Docs D dumping dons would do nicely. And rampant wraith rock United promotion hopes. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams One Street Christmas edition. I'm Tom Duthie, and podding alongside me today are George Cran. Hello. And just back from Dingwall, Graham Finnan. <laughs> from oh. the cells. <laughs> Hello, <Yeah>. everyone. <laughs> I should add, Alan can't be here this week. Um, not because he's sick about United. <laughs> <laughs> Losing a Wraith last Saturday. No as sick as I am, having tipped the league to be over in October. It's because of a personal matter, so mm-hmm. all the best to Alan, this festive season. And George, having mentioned Dingwall already, seems like a good... Oh no, wait a minute, I interrupt this programme with breaking news. The Grinch has been found <laughs> alive and well and living in Dingwall under the name Derek Adams. What was that about? Uh, yeah, it was interesting to say the least. Um... My players are rubbish. <laughs> so are the Dundee yeah. players. So, so is Scottish football. Uh, Morecambe are amazing. Um, <laughs> which he apologised for. He apologised for the Morecambe bit. Well, and then he, left the rest he, of it. Yeah. I mean, what made it really bizarre was I, I, I got it, and he did, he said he said things, and he wasn't he wasn't offensive and abusive in his language. It was it, yeah. it was just the general thing that he was making derogatory remarks about Scottish football and home as a whole, rather, and it's not the smartest thing to do when you've just returned to the no. the scene. And But he then sort of, uh, I think it was Tuesday, he explained himself, said he stood by everything, and then went, I regret this, I regret that. And I'm thinking, well, that's not standing by <laughs> everything. But, uh, yeah, he's, um, it, was, it was just bizarre. Being in, obviously, I was in the room, um, he did the broadcast before he came and spoke to us at the newspapers, and you, I could just hear when his his voice was getting was rising. I could just hear bits and bobs, and I heard the worst game I've ever seen or something came out, and I was like, "Oh, this will be interesting." Yeah. When he comes out, and then I think he even went even further with the newspapers. He just got he was shaking and stuff. He was that annoyed, um, but well, it was just bizarre, really, um, and and. To, from a Dundee point of view, Dundee are pretty furious, I think, behind the scenes in terms of throw. It was basically a drive-by on Dundee in terms of the quality they've... Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it is a golden rule of football at yeah. any level. You can you can say something nice about the opposition, but you don't. And you can complain about individual actions, but you don't no. generally, generalise, rather, and and slag them off, and then he took it even further and did the whole game, the <laughs> yeah. whole of Scottish football. I mean, Saturday was not a good game, to be fair, on Saturday, but it was windy, which we all know that wind is the hardest thing for footballers to deal with in terms of quality on show, and that yeah. had a big impact. But over the whole, County probably had some of the better chances, but I thought Dundee were a better team than them, just in the general play. It was one of these strange games, because the highlights... that. The highlights, understandably, were a few near things for Simon Murray. 
who's, yeah, who, actually, he was good. who seemed to play very well. He did. So why, what he thinks of his manager slagging more, he's standard off. I don't know. But the statistics showed that Dundee had most mm. of the game yeah. and actually had more shots. They just didn't do them, just didn't yeah. execute them very well. So they were not worthy of showing on the TV. Well, that's the, the thing. That's, Tony Dockett went straight to that. When I spoke to him at the start of the week, he uh, was talking about being uh, objective rather than subjective and just went through all the stats and Dundee were the strongest team in, in all the stats that matter, really, including the scoreline, which helps. Um, and... Yeah, it was, I don't know, <laughs> you were there. Yeah, just sat there with a smile on his face because he was yeah. there. He was last seen trying to go over the barrier, but yeah. not, not yeah. only had the final whistle blown, <laughs> most, most other punters were back on the buses before Bear managed to get halfway <laughs> over. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's not something I would ever try to do, I've got to say. Um, um, yeah, it was a strange one. It was a bizarre comments from from Derek Adams. I mean, yeah, I just think as you just confirmed to me that someone all thought all along Derek Adams is a very, very, very bad loser. Yes, <laughs> I, you thought it was, it was just someone else, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he is. He's a very bad loser. But for him to come out and you know his comments were unbelievably bad because he. Sometimes you can maybe criticise the opposition, but his comments, his general comments on the game, he managed to antagonise the, the entire Scottish mm. football scene. You know, um, his own players in the process, as well as the opposition. The one that got me, I mean, I'm sure Roy McGregor, the owner, isn't thanking him for saying, I don't know why fans pay money to see yeah, this. No, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But... Well, I'll tell you what. Was, uh, he's got some experienced players there who are sitting thinking, we've yeah. got three games till January, and then he's going to try and get rid of us. Well, and, and that's How do you expect a well, shift? Uh, well, uh, there's also the case that you will be looking to bring players in in January. How does he sell the Scottish game <laughs> to them as well? Yeah. You uh, know, and it's, it's comments that it was the worst game. It was not the worst game by a country mile. No, I mean, I've, I mean, he I should think have won it. Then, then, yeah, then, yeah. I'm, I'm, should have watched Liverpool yeah. Man United the next <laughs> day. It was awful. He's seen enough. And I think that the game in general, I thought for the first hour, I thought County were the better side. I thought the link up play was better. I thought Simon Murray was excellent. Yeah. I thought he posed under a lot of problems. But what I've got to say is that, you know, how many saves did Trevor Carson actually have to make in that game? I think what, he had what? one. One in the game, and yeah. that, that that's testament to how well one Dundee defended. Yeah. Well, yeah. I will say uh, that there, 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 there was a there well. was a great it was and it Jordan was Jordan McGee. McGee came in behind him, and Jordan McGee had a block in the first half as well. Yeah, it was good. But I was a bit concerned when I got to about an hour, and I thought, you know, County looked to me as if anybody's going to score, it's going to mm. be them. But as he as he's so often done this season, the manager deserves great credit because he he switched things. He made a couple yeah. of tactical changes. He made a couple of substitutions. He, he brought on Mo Silla. He brought on Josh Mulligan. He took off Lyle Cameron, who wasn't involved. It was a tough game. Mm -hmm. You know, tough conditions for Lyle on Saturday. And uh, I can't remember who else went off, actually. I think um, Josh Mulligan came on and, and Mo Silla came on. Um, Bakayoko eventually came Bakayoko off. Bakayoko went off later on, didn't he? Robinson, but, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was... Yeah, it was the change made a big difference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. to be... To be fair to Derek Adams, although I'm sure it didn't matter. Robinson came on and had a very good pass back to the Ross County goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> Just didn't catch it. I, don't know. I know what he was trying to do, but yeah, it was yeah. one of those, you better do this right, because if you do it, it's going to look like a pass back. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's right. But the changes he made made an instant impact. Silly came on and he was good. while Dundee didn't impressed. go right on the attack, 
the, the stop, the, the sort of mm. continual flow for, for County and, and Dundee got more into the game. And as, as, a, as it wore on, you know, as ever, any attacking intent that seems to come from Dundee comes through Owen Beck. He pops up absolutely mm-hmm. everywhere. And as the game approaches the final 10 minutes, he makes another couple of changes. You know, he brings on Charlie Riley and he brings on Rudden as well. for mm-hmm. And the final 10 minutes, I thought Dundee had the better chances. And if anybody was going to win it, I thought it was going to be Dundee. And, and the fact that, you know, you can talk about Dundee and how they set up and maybe... You know, did they go up there to get a point? I don't know, but I'll tell you what, with five minutes to go, uh, Owen Beck has a brilliant run on the right side of the box, goes past two or three players, so the shot of the goal is well saved uh, by, by the keeper. Yeah. Owen Beck picks himself up and sprints yeah. across to take the corner. He's mm-hmm. not jogging across in time. He, he, so he's thinking himself, we can win this game here. And so it turned out, they get, get the free kick. You know, um, I've got to say... Luke McKeown's come with some fantastic free kicks. That was another one. I mean, yeah. The, the goalkeeper never nine and a half didn't move. Yeah, almost in the back of the net. But for once, the luck went Dundee's way. And, you know, the, the guy's trying to clear and has come off Joe Shaughnessy. But Shaughnessy's got to be in there oh, he said, to have the chance. Yeah, yeah. And I think you spoke about him. Yeah, and yeah. he said, I gamble. And, yeah. and I've seen, I was having a wee look back at his um, kind of similar moments. And you could see he does it. He's done it previously and the ball hasn't dropped for him. But yeah. Uh, he's been in there and kind of just in the right place for that's right. if that's it does right. drop. It's that old thing that I, I've said it several times now on this programme. It was a thing that I saw Ian Wright say for when there's a free kick or a shot at the mm-hmm. goal, run towards the goal between the width of the posts, mm-hmm. which is exactly what Shaughnessy did. He moved, he moved in that space towards the goal. And in fairness to him, there was a. The, I'm not saying he directed the ball in, but there was the slightest movement to make sure the ball hit him. Mm-hmm. And then it flies in off his chest. Yeah, and it's party time. Well, it was party. It was party time, and I, I think you know, obviously, I, I'm not a big fan of people going on the pitch in general. But I think there's a bit of enthusiasm there. I've seen it a few times at Ross County with late goals. The yeah. opposition is quite. It's the sort of stadium where it's quite easy access onto the park from yeah. the actual actual terrace. And I'm always a bit concerned, as I spoke about beforehand, Tom, it's got the capacity of turning something a wee bit uglier, which fortunately didn't really happen up there. But it was a great win for Dundee. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Was, it was the incident where Simon yeah, well, Murray, yeah. understandably, a fan yeah. ran towards him. Yeah. He pushed him away. Yeah. The fan then fell over. But it was done. The Dundee players made sure and the fan ran yeah. away. I'm a bit... It's not... Running on the pitch like that, the side of the pitch, it's not the crime of the century. No. Anyone that does it will see. You have to accept that if you get, if you, if it results in bother or you get huckled by stewards, police, or anyone, it's your own fault. You have to mm-hmm. accept, you have to accept your punishment. Yeah. If any punishment comes, because you sh- it, you shouldn't do it. Yeah. Because you well, don't know what's going to happen. You're meant to stay behind. Yeah. You're meant to stay behind the barrier. That's 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 a fact. Um, but. Uh, yeah, the stewarding was, I don't know, questionable. I think it was, I noticed at halftime, um, I think there was a ball in the middle of the goal and a Dundee fan managed to run on the pitch. He must have just been going, I'm going to go for it, I'm going to go for it. And he <laughs> ran on and he stuck it in the net and then celebrated and then ran, ran back off. Yeah. And the stewards just kind of looked at him yeah. and then gave him the ball for some reason. Yes. Uh, so I, I don't know whether there was... To it's be Christmas. fair, I think you see it, you see it Denge, Denge yeah. as well. They've yeah, come, yeah. I mean, they've obviously cut back on policing yeah, for a lot yeah. of these games because of the sheer cost that's involved. Most fans are at games are generally well behaved, 
and the stewards are the same. You know, the, you know, whether they're there to sort of make sure you get your seats and that. You know, I don't think they're going to intervene for anything that's not. Yeah, I know, but that, it just felt like yeah. that should kind of you can get on. The yeah, pitch and, I know. Um, it shows how easy you could probably get on the pitch here. I, I, I go back to the thing. It's no crime in the century. Yeah, no. But you shouldn't no. do it. You no, shouldn't absolutely. do it because it can escalate into something really serious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, you have to you have to accept responsibility for your actions if it causes bother. Mm-hmm. The the I always think that what what whatever happens, whether it's nothing or something from these mini pitch invasions, yeah. if something does happen, it's the responsibility yeah. of the people who have done what they shouldn't have done. It starts yeah. with them mm-hmm. crossing the yeah. barrier. So I, I always think as well that you know. Um, from my own point of view, I was looking forward to seeing the Dundee players actually celebrating that yeah. goal, and they were swamped. So you never yeah. actually saw that. I think once uh-huh. once the really fans were on the pitch, their main objective was let's just yeah. let's just get back, you know, to the centre circle again. So you didn't actually get the chance to see them celebrating. But yeah, it wasn't the crime of the century. And, and looking at the game itself, uh, brilliant three points for Dundee yeah. going up there and getting that. You know, I mean? no, you saw that after the f- final whistle when the players, yeah. And Tony Docherty did yeah. go to the fans. That was, that's what it's all about. It, mm-hmm. was, it was great. And, I, and uh, it's frustrating for the other side, but I think most people at a game should be old enough to realise yeah. a last minute goal. Yeah. You're going to. Yeah. You're going Absolutely. Absolutely. I've conceded yeah. a couple. Uh, Tony Docherty mentioned it straight away. Yeah. Uh, oh, the Motherwell one was a painful one. Exactly. Was, you know, 97 minute as well. Absolutely. So. They were down to 10 men. And, yeah. you know, Tony Docherty could have said a few things after that game. You know, I'm sure he was a bit bitter about. I mean, not not the fact that Motherwell scored because it was a good goal, but just the fact you've lost the yeah. goal so late mm-hmm. in the game. And that's what disappointed me about Derek Adams. That he came out and said what he did, but also the follow up apology for uh-huh. me just. I know you'd think manager to manager, yeah. that you would, you'd have that. I think most managers would say, yeah, to Tony Docherty, you'd think, mm, yeah, the follow up yeah, didn't go far enough. So, yeah. be, I mean, well done, dear, are understandably a bit upset about it. You'll have ruffled a few feathers, oh, you know, well, across the game in the top flight in Scotland. And, and up there, I was. I heard uh, an interview, I think it was at the Tuesday press conference with Kyle Turner, uh, Ross County midfielder, and he was asked what the dressing room reaction was to the manager's comments, and he, he said mixed, which is usually footballer code for yeah. we're absolutely raging. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting uh, how they go on Saturday, which it could be a good thing for Dundee if, yeah. if Ross County implode or whatever. If you know, you know what I mean. If if it doesn't have the reaction Derek Adams is after, they've got they've got a few games before the January window opens. Right. So. Dundee can make a bit of hay. Yeah. Not since Bear was sports editor, George, if I heard the manager slag staff the way that they <laughs> 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 well, The problem you're was you and I could only yeah. agree with them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you were allowed to do those we sort no, of things. We had no defence. In those days, you were allowed to do that yeah. sort of thing, but nowadays you've got to temper your emotions, I think, a wee bit more. Um, but, uh, yeah, Derek, it's a strange, what if not, not so much someone coming from Mars, but someone that's never sort of watched or been involved in football on a regular <laughs> basis, just... Uh, because it's the kind of thing managers say in the dressing room. Yeah. But that door is a sort yeah, of magical absolutely. barrier. You don't go outside and see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, in my dotage in retirement, um, I watch a lot, quite a lot of football stuff. And the, the number of times, I, mean, I watched the thing the other day, and it was an ex-Man, you can't even remember which one, an ex-Man United player saying Fergie one game went, Pallister, you can't even header the ball. You, you can't pass the ball. You and he'd come out and say, "I'm very disappointed. Um, I lost today. It's not like us. Move on to the next game." As long as, as long as you keep it in the dressing room, mm-hmm. players will accept it. 
but they don't they don't like public criticism. Mm-hmm. No, it's just not the done thing. No, and, and you know Derek Adams' quotes went viral instantly. Oh, we were yeah. on the bus. We, we weren't. I think we weren't even in Inverness. And somebody was passing it around, everybody on the bus, and it was going right around Scotch uh, football. I made, saw them on sports yeah. scene, messaged yeah. my mate as he was messaging me the same message. Have you <laughs> yeah, seen Derek seen that? Yeah, it was quite bizarre, really. Uh, and it, it really was. Moving forward, the, the problem Derek Adams might have for his team is it becomes a distraction now hmm. because punters around the country are going to, and it'll, it'll be a laugh and everything like that. But they'll have a go at him for mm-hmm. it when he's when he's taking his team around the country. Punters will be shouting at him yeah. and stuff like that. And you don't need that when you're when you want to get your team better. You don't you don't need that kind of thing. And it's just, and he's an experienced manager too. Yeah, experienced manager and a good manager. It was. It was he, I go back, I go back to my initial sort of statement. He's just a yeah bad loser, but. He should have known better than to say, mm. say what he did. And I think he would have been respected more if he had come out and his apology went a bit further than it actually Aye. did. Ted, uh, sorry. Got, yeah. got carried away. Yeah, and everybody, everybody would have. Yeah. And, I, and I thought, I have to say, Tony Doherty's, um, yeah, his response to it was very measured. And, and it gave Derek Adams the out of, you know, it's emotional and all this sort of stuff. And he did well. But I mean, moving swiftly on, because I've got presents. <laughs> It's a bit early for that. And, aye, four sleeps till Christmas, <laughs> or as you call it at my age, eight nocturnal toilet visits to go. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw You're that in for far. anyone who was no. having their dinner. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tony Doherty, great result, great first half of the season. Aberdeen on Saturday. What a way! What a way! To welcome Christmas, that could be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dundee don't have a good record against Aberdeen for quite a long time. They obviously they won a couple of years ago. I think that was the first time that they ended a. I think it was about a ten eleven match losing streak to oh, a certain. A bear, certain bear and I can yeah. remember a, oh, yeah. a, a fifteen or twenty <laughs> year. I know, but winless uh, against a, Aberdeen. A certain uh, Tony Dork, it was an Ella dugout for all of those games. I think. Yes. Um, so he's got a good record in the yeah. fixture at least yeah I think so I, th- I think Dundee've got a chance because Aberdeen they've had so many games mm-hmm. lately obviously they were playing on Wednesday uh, beat Livy they were playing the cup final they had European football they've had so many games I think it, it might be a decent one for Dundee will be a big crowd yeah, as, stuff, as a fan but... who likes a level playing field I'm hoping Aberdeen are not yeah <laughs> it could be I mean I, I, mean, I was Mentally, the cup final would have taken a lot of them, and, mm. and it was a good yeah. victory for them last night against Livingston. Came from it, behind. Coming from behind, it was. Uh, Aberdeen are a funny side for me. It, it depends what Aberdeen turn up at Dens Park on Saturday because they blow really hot and cold. Yeah. Really yeah. hot and cold. They've got some terrific players, certainly in the forward areas. Miofsky and Duke um, can cause any defence problems, but in the past, if they're not on it, then you you can get you can reap joy against Aberdeen and Dundee have been. I've been pretty solid all season at, at Dens Park, you know, and so it's set up for a, for a, a right good game. And uh, it's another one we've done, you know, we've come through a period of away games where they've managed to pick up four points mm-hmm. uh, on the road at uh, three games. And, and, you know, one of them was at Ibrox. So, uh, yeah, they've now got a period where they've got three games in the next four at Dens. Obviously, they've got Celtic mm-hmm. are, are one of the teams coming to Dens, but it's an opportunity for them to put more points on the board and 
Tony Docherty will be hoping they can they can do that, and there's, there's no reason why they can't. The way they're playing at this point in time, you know, um, I I think that you know we've got to give the manager credit again for the substitutions and the impact he makes and the changes yeah. he's making to the team. It's just Tom. It goes back to when he was appointed. He's such an experienced guy. He's been around the block yeah. so often with with Derek McInnes, and he's putting that to good use at Dens Park at this current point in time. Now look, a real solid side. And they said before the game against uh, Ross County, um, I wouldn't be disappointed with a 0-0 draw because prior to that, they'd actually started showing signs of leaking a few goals mm. from set yeah. plays. They cut that rail again Clean on Saturday. Clean sheet was huge yeah. on Saturday. Yeah, and that, that, gives, that, gives, me, again, that. that gives me real hope for going forward this mm-hmm. season. Ah, I mean, Bear is my statistical guru <laughs> this season, but I mean, I, I was saying to him before we came in, Dundee even draw, which I would accept against Aberdeen on Saturday, it means by Boxing Day when they've played Celtic, they'll have come through a period when they've played both the old firm and averaged yeah. at least slightly over a point. Mm-hmm. You know, and for for the latest round of games against them. And that's what keeps you in the league. Yeah. I know everybody's, everybody's looking high and looking top six, but I just, a season without any relegation worries, <laughs> I think would make Tony Doherty a candidate for manager of the year. Now, he's not going to get it because they'll give it to which member of the old firm wins the league, and I understand that. But it does, it genuinely, if you mm-hmm. if you look you know, at the big picture and struggles, I mean, he, likewise, I think Davy Martindale in the last few seasons should have got at least one manager mm-hmm. of the year for keeping Livingston in that league mm-hmm. on the resources he has. In, in terms of, uh, I was doing, looking back at all recent st- or starts since kind of turn of the century for Dundee in the top flight, and this is the best since the year 2000 to have 21 points after I'm 16 so old, games. I thought George looked back all the way in 1900. <laughs> then I remember that's a different century. Yeah. Claudio Canizia season when he yeah. was there. Uh, they earned 22 points by, by in their first 16. Uh, but even the, the team that finished in the top six, well, the, both teams that finished in the top six, Jim Duffy and Paul Hartley, they, they only had 20 points at this yeah. stage of the season. And so you that tells you how good they have been. It's, again, it's something we've said before. Um, Claudio Canigia was a bit of an exception yeah. because he was a world star, but sign on foreign players you've never heard of and do quite well, and you'll be remembered for years and years <laughs> and years. But, and, and Tony Doherty, I, I would not say he's uh, there's been a lack of praise for him, mm-hmm. but when George comes up with stats like that, he should be getting even more praise. Yeah. Yeah. Man, now contracted to say nice things about Jim Goodwin, so it has to be one of you two that <laughs> says yeah. it. But but it is, it's because he signed a solid, with a few exceptions, yeah. a solid Scottish or Scottish-style team. He signed experienced guys from the Premier League, good loan signings from England, and, his, and a couple of Mexicans. Mm-hmm. And it's... The Mexicans probably got more attention than the, all the other signings put together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, he, he does t- so far so exceptionally good. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the points back that up to him, 16 games, 21 points. If they take 21 points from the next 16 games, they will be looking at top They'll six. Have 42 they will points. be looking at top six with that points total. So that's, <laughs> that, that, that's a well Tony Docherty has done. And I think it's also a fact that he's conducted himself really, really yeah. well. Uh, you know, everybody's sort of looking and saying, what's he going to be like in the dugout? What's, you know, how's he... It's the first time he's he's 
you know, you sort of be the manager. And that's different from being an assistant manager in terms of the, the pressure is on you as well. There's pressure's mm. on you big still. You've got to deal with unhappy players. Um, but up to this point in time, it looks like it's a happy squad at, at Danes Park. And, you know, any any interviews that he's had with the media, he's always been, you know, he's always reasoned in his interviews. He always, he always talks a lot of sense and, you know, never gets too high when they win games. Never gets too de- despondent when they lose games as well. He knows what it's going to take this season to keep this te- this team in the mm. league and he deserves a fair bit of credit for that. Well, if you look at the league table, they're far closer to, to third than yeah. they are to the bottom at the moment, which is always a good start from Dundee yeah. coming in, coming back up. Um, only five points to third, Unbeaten and over double the games yeah. that they've lost. That's that's good as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's been a, a very strong start and I, I think they can finish up before the winter break with, with some more good results, I think. And anyway, I mean, moving swiftly on, George's notes refer that it's 50 years since Dundee last won a major trophy. So on behalf of Bear and I, that's all we've got time for, for speaking about Dundee. Thanks for that, George. As we move across the road, I just want to point out, I said October, I didn't give a year. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, United's game finished before Dundee's game on Saturday passed. So I was it was the jubilation of Dundee winning and with the last touch of the ball almost because I was gutted at United getting beat by Wraith. I'm really not pleased at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, for your prediction. And if Alan was here, yeah. I'd be sending him up to Tennessee. Tom's not happy. Because <laughs> I just think... Ugh. It's, uh, it's a hard one for United and United fans in general. You lose your first league game of the season and you're five points behind the team is beating. Yeah. Come on. After, you know, yeah, after 15 games. I, you've, you've, I you've lost one game and you're five points behind. And it, you know, I, I know United have got a game in hand and, you know, everybody's trying, trying to stay as relaxed and calm, certainly here at, as you can. You talk for yourself. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm a Dundee fan and I'm in a blind yeah. panic about United now, to be but honest. when you look at the table, that five points will be a worry to a lot of people, you know, and obviously you've got to credit Wraith Rovers with that, but it was a big game for Dundee United and I, I honestly thought they were they were going to edge it on Saturday before before the game, but it just shows you how well Wraith Rovers have done and they obviously continued that on Saturday. I didn't see the full game Saw the highlights. Uh, wonderful goal from from Dylan Easton, who must he must be in the form of his life. Aye. The lad, and I've not seen some because I've hardly watched Dylan Easton. I know I've I've known him through Scottish football, but the fact that, that you know I've watched him recently this season, obviously, and he's been wonderful in every game and fantastic goal. But the fact he, his career's sort of you know if he'd been doing better, surely in his, his earlier career. He would have been playing for better clubs than Kelly, Airdrie, for for that. I think he was at St Johnston. Was yeah, he, had a, he, he was. Had, yeah, but you had real talent. But just he has, and maybe of... maybe he's just found the right team at the right uh, time for him. That is allowing him to go and go and play. Um, from a Dundee United point of view, obviously real real disappointment. Bumper crowd at Tannis was over ten thousand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what what a support there, and what backing they've given Dundee United this season. But now they've got to. Jim Goodwin's got to get them in and, and, and settle them down and it's, it's a hard one because it, players look at the league table as well yeah. and, and, and they both play tomorrow night and, and the pressure is on 
the, the pressure is on big style mm -hmm. not to let that gap grow mm -hmm. I have to say at the risk, uh, the risk of um, my Dundee supporting family members throwing turkey legs at me <laughs> over the Christmas dinner table I, mean, I didn't know till now it was Dylan Easton that's how gutted I was yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it was Dylan Easton I didn't know it was a good goal I didn't want to know because no. mm -hmm. I just I want I want both Dundee teams in the Premier yeah. League and it happens when you get older uh, I mentioned one of the side effects earlier but you, you panic about things and I am I'm in a mild panic about mm. United now and uh, uh, the very uh, my good mate the security guard at Tesco Charlie other Tesco's are available but none of the quality of Tesco Charlie I have to say he said to me he always speak he's a big United fan said to me that the Wraith can't keep going and I blurted out in my panic, well, they said that about United in 1983 because they had a small squad. Mm. It's your greatest season ever because you won the league. Yeah. Wraith might keep going. And it's up, it's, it's up to United to beat them. I, I don't think they will. I th I, we know every team has bad spells and Wraith are going to have a bad spell at, at some point. It's up to United just have to make sure they're in a position where they can take advantage of it. I think that's the stage we're at. I'm less worried about United. I still think they're the strongest team in the division. Obviously, they didn't quite show that on Saturday, but if you look at the, watch the highlights and, and look to the stats, and United had a... I said 1-0 Wraith, George. Mm -hmm. yeah. For me, there was no highlight. <laughs> the, uh, in terms of the stats, they had quite a lot of shots, quite a lot of chance. Mm. Like, there weren't clear-cut chances, but chances to, to create something from it. And it just didn't quite happen in the final third. That was the, the only thing that seemed to be missing was that kind of final bit of quality. But we know they've got that because we've seen that all season. Um, and Wraith, have, they're just going through a pop-up patch at this moment. How, how long it lasts, we'll see. But I, they will stumble at one point. United just have to ensure now that they're they're on their, their coattails and they're, they're ready to take advantage of it when it happens. As Bear says, that on Friday night, they, they have to bounce back with a win, but I think that's a pretty good fixture to have is uh, Queen's Park but, at the bottom I mean, of the league. It's only so, December and already in tomorrow, Friday night, tomorrow night, whatever night, I'm all mixed up now, it's Christmas. <laughs> Just lose track of the days. But they're, they're both playing at the same time and every United fans will be checking Mm -hmm. The race score, it's the area United they've got, I think. Yeah. And they'll be, they'll be going, hmm. And you know what? I, I say this in my mild state of panic. What worries me as well, with the exception of Partick Thistle, I don't fancy anybody taking points off United and Wraith, which makes when yeah, they play okay. each other mm. an, an even bigger issue. Uh, in all honesty, the, the way the season's progressed so far, if United or Wraith draw or lose to someone else, it's because they've not played well. And yeah. no, no offence to the other teams, but that's been the form of the other teams. They're not, they're not near the top two. Partick are the one team that you think mm -hmm. you've got a wee chance, but the, but the rest I just don't see it. But, so it's then, a big gap yeah. to close in those circumstances. I, th I think I'm right in saying though that I don't think Wraith have won a game by more than one goal. I think all season they've won a lot of games, obviously. But the margins have been fairly tight, so that mm. points me to the fact that there will be games where they don't quite yeah. make that margin count. 
and, 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 and they end up with a job. Week as well. the, the fact that, great credit to them, and I, I would never put it down to luck, but the, the remarkable number of late goals they've scored, oh, yeah. it's, down to, it's down to perseverance, character, mm. fitness, organisation. But they've needed these late goals because something earlier in the game hasn't gone right. So yeah, that's right. as good as they are, they have periods in games where the, the, things have gone wrong. We saw that when they incredibly came back and beat Partick 4-3, but they, they were in total control in that game. Mm -hmm. And then before you knew it, they were 3-2 down. So they're not the perfect article, but no. they, they are very good. <clears throat> But they are, they are absolutely flying at this point yeah. in time on the back of those performances, those late goals, and then going to Tannadice and, and winning and, and, you know, first defeat for Dungeon United. But, and you make a really good point, Tom, about, about the league itself, you know. Well, it's a two-horse race, and that might be good in terms of your Wraith Rovers or Dungeon because you're part of that yeah. two-horse race. The other side of the coin is if nobody's making a fist in these games... Don't expect any favour. If somebody, as George says, the, the worry is... Of United, if that gap was to grow, who's going to take points yeah. off of Wraith Rovers? Who you know, and that's the big concern for Dundee United. So they've just got to, they've got to hang in there. Um, you know, there's, they're not, a, they're not because they've had one defeat. You know, it's not the end of the world. Mm. It's just looking at the table, it looks quite bad at this point in saying they've got 21 league games still to go. And Jim Jim Goodwin's re reiterated that point uh, this week in, in some of his press comments. Um, they've got to get try and get the three points against a Queen's Park side who are really struggling this season. Um, no surprise there, they've lost quite a few players. Obviously, I think they're still managerless at this, at this point yeah. in time. That may change before the game, we don't know. But regardless, they're a team who, who certainly hasn't set the header on fire compared to what they did last season. So it's, it's an opportunity for Dundee United to go and you know, get get the three points on the board. And, and it's one of these, you're right, even though it's early in the season, Tom, it's one of these ones where, can you get your blow in first? Can you get an early goal? And Wraith Rovers fans yeah. are looking at your game going, that's Dungeon hated one nothing up. And sometimes that, that can generate onto the pitch and put a bit, bit of anxiousness to, to the team itself, you know. get. Um, but it's going to be interesting. It's going to be... You know, United has got to got to keep their head over this next wee period, and certainly don't let that gap grow any any bigger. Here, just digress for a minute. Uh, I think you'll find that Queens Park, and I've been doing my homework mm -hmm. in advance of next week's dreadful Christmas quiz that George likes to come up with. <laughs> Sorry, George, but it is. Maybe it's a contest. <laughs> I think you'll find that Queens Park will be managerless because I think Queens Park, even though they've uh, ditched their amateur status. Traditionally, Queen's Park have always had a head coach. Right, okay. okay. But I know what you oh, mean. Uh, so uh, anyone that's not right. asleep will... <laughs> <laughs> but does, I mean, it doesn't change the fact that... You still pedantic <laughs> person. You. Yeah. <laughs> There's another word on that, that, that I was going to use. <laughs> the microphones are on. Um, it doesn't matter who's in charge no. of Queen's Park. United have still got to go there and do a job, yeah. haven't they? Yeah. Nice, nice big pitch might help, though. Hamden I think United. I'd like to see United going and absolutely thumping someone Tom you know like they were doing earlier in the season yeah let's, let's go and put a few goals in the back of the net because that seems to have dried they look as though they're scrambling around for a wee bit you know, uh, we need Louis Moult to get back on it we need mm -hmm. you know for a while Kai, Kai Forling was having to come up he's still a young lad we need Louis Moult you know maybe a couple of the defenders Kevin Holt 
you know. Yeah, yeah. Do it back. Big Gallagher. Yeah. Set plays and everything. Let's get a few goals in the back of the net. And it, that mm. always, always think if you're doing that, you know, the whole team can relax a wee yeah. bit more. Mm-hmm. I must admit, as a person who can always see the negative, always think that about if you if you win a few games like United did six four. Mm. First game of the season was over by half time at Arbroath, and you're coasting to victories. Even you can still be winning, but when it suddenly when you have a couple of one nils and two ones and stuff like that, other managers use that to try to convince their players. Oh, you can beat this team, even though they totally destroyed you last time you met them. They're not the same team. Look at their results, mm-hmm. and look at you, and you can still be winning. And and I think that on top of a couple of defeats. A lot of the good work meant the mental advantage mm-hmm. United gained over opposition from their early season form has certainly deteriorated because other teams are thinking, no, they're not quite, they're not quite what they were in August, September, and that's a challenge that they'll have to face. Yes, yeah, I mean it's still the same players though. I mean the, the yeah. players that were doing it. I mean. They have one or two injuries, but they've still got a big squad there. Still there speaks an ex-goalie who'd obviously yeah. lost six to someone <laughs> and the manager said to him, they're not the same team, so they look like the same look, team Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but they're still, they're still the same players who were doing it earlier in the season, so they just seem to have lost a wee bit of spark up at the yeah. top end top end of the park. And uh, that's something Jim Goodwin will need to try and, try and figure out, whether that means a, a slight change in personnel and boys will come in and maybe get their opportunity to do something. I don't know, but they need to find it find it quickly. I mean, as George says, you, you know, your Wraith Rovers are bound to have a dip in form mm. at some point. But you can imagine what their 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 training's been like this week. They'll be on an absolute an absolute high, you know, going into this game against Air United on Friday night as well. So Dundee United have have just got to make sure they do their business and and you know the Results elsewhere can take care of themselves. The things do change quickly in, in this league. Yeah. I, I kind of I made the point last week about Greenock Morton being bottom mm-hmm. only two two weeks ago, and suddenly they've won three games in a row and they're fifth. Yeah, um, it's, it's slightly different at the top, obviously, but I, still, I think the, the point still stands that things change very very quickly, and all it takes is a couple. And of the results. good news is United have got Morton. <laughs> <laughs> They'll stop winning by then, but um, aye, it's. Sixth, sorry. Yeah. Um, so I, I, th- I think keep the heat united and uh, think things will come back around. But it's difficult, though. I mean, and, and hopefully, you, you, th- I, this is one of the it's a thing that clubs these days are often criticised for. I don't know where most of the United squads stay, but if they're Travelling back to Glasgow or Edinburgh or Central Scotland somewhere or up north a wee bit, this is a time when it's not a bad thing because recent history United means if I'm Jim Goodwin, I don't want my players wandering around the city centre mm-hmm. in the day off because they'll feel that anxiety. And I make no apologi- apologies for panicking about United just now because things have gone wrong in, mm-hmm. in recent years. And there is an element of, oh no, here we go again. We, last season we were waiting. They're in Europe. We're waiting them to kick on and end up getting relegated. When we're thinking, could you make the top four? Could you do even better than the season before? And, and you get that anxiety. And I'm sure a lot of United fans are feeling it yeah. a lot worse than I am. There will be. I mean, it, 
it's a weight of expectation that goes with being Dungeon United in the Championship. You're expected to win every game now. Unfortunately, I think Dungeon United maybe made a road for their own back because we're winning in every game. They, they certainly weren't, well. weren't losing mm. games. So this has come as a and real... And sh- like me predicted the league would be over by October. <laughs> this has come as a real shock. Yeah, the fact that they find I... themselves five points behind. Uh, they do have a game in hand, a point out straight away. You know, that hopefully they can cut that to two points. But the fact they're actually behind, you know, is, is, is a shock. And you're right, Sam. Fans will be anxious. They will because... You know, the, the, the bottom line is, Dundee, you need to have to get out of this division. You ha- yeah. and, and you have to get out of the first first time at Asking or it becomes really, really expensive. Uh, really, really expensive. And also, to- again, it's something we've talked about before. If you're Dundee United, Dundee, Hearts, Hibs, who've all had spells in the second yep. tier, you suddenly become like the old firm. One defeat is a crisis mm-hmm. because there's only one definition of success for those clubs when they're in the championship. That's first place. Yeah. Anything else is failure. And, and and you can escape. Even when Dundee went up a couple of seasons ago, commendably under James McPake through the playoffs, if you spoke to fans, there was still a sense, of, uh, wasn't that a great season though? The objective was achieved, but we should have been first. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way it is when clubs of that size are in the second tier. And it is it does put pressure, but it's something... United have to live with, Jim yeah. Goodwin has to live with, because it's just a fact of life. That's just when you have to look to your, your experienced men, Tom, yeah. within the team. Guys like, you know, Declan Gallagher. Kevin Holt knows what it's about in yeah. this city. He's been, he's been at dense. He knows what it means, you know, when, when you're in the championship and, and the pressure that's on you. Up top, we need Tony Watt. Guys like Louis Moulton. You know, they, these guys need to take a, a fair bit more of the pressure than some of the younger players in that squad. You've got you've got Sybil and Dockery in, in there as well. So there are guys there that, that know what it's all about. And at Dungeon United haven't been playing badly. They just seem to have lost a wee bit of spark. Um but they need to ignite that mm-hmm. pretty I think quickly. Dockery's uh, been ruled out for, for Friday. So yeah. that's, that's that's a big one. It's a blow. He's, he's been a a key man. He's been the, the man in the middle mm-hmm. that's kind of run mm-hmm. the run the show when he's Who he's, comes in? Who comes in then when he's um well he's not he's not been in recently Anyway, has it? so it'd be Sybil to be the main man. Yeah. Yeah. he's a good player. This level, mm-hmm. he's, he's he's a Premiership player, really. So, just to pick up on the point you made, dear Bear, that list admirers of them all that you said. I think it was a Gallagher, Holt, Moulton, Louis Moult, Tony Watt, Tony Watt. Now, this is in no way a pop at Louis Moult. This is just the circumstances of life. Louis Moult's been at some big clubs. I can't remember his list of clubs mm. off the top of my head. But for instance, being at Motherwell we doesn't have the same... And they were very yeah. often more successful during his time there than United. But it doesn't have the same pressure. Kevin Holt, Declan Gallagher, both have knowledge of this city. Quite extensive yeah. knowledge of this city. They'll appreciate, I'm sure, what it is. Tony Watt, having played for Celtic, Tony Watt's probably looking around the dressing room just now or, or, or people are saying United have to win. And he'd be like, yeah, no. Because he's been at a club where they have to win or it's a an abject failure. So, at Celtic, simple as that. And I'm not saying Louis Moult doesn't mm-hmm. appreciate that intelligent guy, experienced player, but guys can go through their career at clubs who look much bigger but just because of geographical circumstance for nothing else, they don't have, they, they might not experience that pressure of 
you're now at a place because of the circumstance of that club, you've got to be first in that yeah. league. And it, it might be a new thing to him. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but there are plenty of players out there who would tell you that the come to places like Dundee or Edinburgh when their clubs have been toiling and suddenly it's like, well, I was playing in front of bigger crowds than this, but I've never, I've never yeah. really felt the pressure. Mm -hmm. Uh, not necessarily in a bad way, but just not experience that kind of pressure from the fans that United are but that, under that, this year. That could be a double-edged sword. That could yeah. be a good thing as well yeah. because if they're not feeling, any, it, if they're not not feeling the same sort of anxiety that other players, hopefully they can perform to the level they're used 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 to to playing it. Also, say as well, we've spoken about the players, the manager. Yeah, he knows. He knows. He knows exactly what he has to do this season. There's one thing he has to do uh -huh. this season. So if anybody's going to be feeling any, any pressure, it will be him. But and Jim Goodwin looks to me as though he can handle that sort yeah, of pressure. Yeah, he's done everything yeah. he he can. And he's, he spoke really well this week after the defeat and he's trying to calm everyone down. That's what he should be doing. And, you know, it's, there, is a, there is a long, long way to go, but you know, they're finding themselves now in a position that they've not been in all season. So how are they going to respond to that? And even if Wraith keep winning, two or three wins on the bounce, which they're more than capable mm. of, and have shown that, settles things down, doesn't it? If, if United get back playing in the league regularly, I, st I still say it, that I don't claim it would be a great profit because, <laughs> because I said United will have a win by October, but I did express concern. We're about, never going to drag that up again, Tom, no, don't worry. Because I'm, I'm getting there first with the admission of guilt. But before the, the, the breaks for the, the Challenge Cup and the, and the Scottish Cup that the, they went out of, I did express that. I just wanted United to keep playing league games. Yeah. Hmm. And hopefully now they've got a period of nothing but league games between now and the end of the season. It gets them back focused and back firing all cylinders. The run over the next couple of weeks isn't, isn't the worst either. I mean, they've got part of Kissel in there, but they're the only top half team uh, well, Morton fifth, but um, they've got Queens Park, Partick, Arbroath, Morton, and then Inverness. So you've got the bottom three in there, all away from home. United's away form is almost perfect this season, and they look so far a, a bit more comfortable on the road than they have done it. I think it's, it's two good ones. If you could pick two games at home, I would probably go for Partick and Morton. Uh, yeah. I would say out, 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 of that, out of that list you've just you've just mentioned there, Inverness have gone a wee bit backwards again after uh, a bit of a bounce when Duncan Ferguson came in. But yeah, there's there's other teams got a role to play this season. There'd be mm -hmm. no doubt about that. But it's not like last season where ah. you, you you know you weren't too concerned if somebody maybe got a, a, a stretch at the top. But Queens Park were sometimes I think George you maybe no better than me. Maybe mm -hmm. four or five points ahead at some point. But you always felt. Yeah. There was a, there was a multiple a half a dozen teams yeah could, were well yeah. capable of taking. There something. wasn't a banana yeah. no. skin. There was a bunch of them. Yeah, this, absolutely. This, this right now, I can yeah. only see Patrick Thistle as, yeah. as likely sort of challengers, and, and you, yeah, you never know. And from a, a Dundee point of view, that season they all, they had the hex over Queens Park. They knew they yeah. could beat them every yeah. time they of played course. them. It's slightly different with United and, and Wraith because they've had two games and a draw and a defeat so far. So that's it's slightly different. Um, I, I still, I still expect uh, some bumps in the road for, for both teams really. Yeah. But I think Wraith will stumble at some point. It's up to United to, to make sure and take advantage of it when it comes. Well, on that upbeat note about United, I just uh, 
round off by wishing all our listeners and viewers that was a wave to the camera there. Did you see that, George? There's a camera. Yeah, there's a camera. <laughs> right. I actually watched it the other day and I thought, oh, God, I bet I'm picking my nose or something like that. But I, thankfully, I wasn't. Back on track. All that remains to say is very Merry Christmas to all our listeners yeah, and viewers. Merry Christmas, Thanks everyone. for tuning yeah. in. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the telly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice. 